We All Have One, a podcast that isn't afraid to discuss the stories that we all have, even the really messy ones. From business ideas to overbearing in-laws to dreams of leaving your crappy job, come along for epic stories along tangible advice for succeeding and surviving through life's unfiltered moments. I'm your host, Corey McFadden, recovering business owner, industry pioneer, and mama blogger who has seen it all along the way. And let's just say, I am not afraid to share what I've learned from my experiences and mistakes, which means you don't have to. All you got to do is listen, grab a coffee or hell, a tequila is probably better. And let's get to this week's saga turned life lesson. Hello, thank you for joining me. We are on episode seven. We all have one, the podcast. I am your host, Corey McFadden. If this is your first time joining, thank you for joining. If you've been a loyal listener and been growing and working your business through the other six episodes, thank you for listening. This has been such a cool journey, and I got some exciting news yesterday that I was actually accepted to the iHeartRadio family. So if you are on the iHeartRadio app, or you listen and consume music and radio and podcasts over on that platform, you can now find my show, which is awesome for a couple reasons. Um, One being that it's an application process to be accepted. So like iTunes and other things, um, it's pretty easy to get on that platform, but that platform is not as easy. So getting that little nudge of validation um, is really great because I started this podcast seven episodes ago, and you have been along with me for this journey that is completely new. Like it's just like building a new business. It has all types of different facets from how you market yourself, the logistics of recording, editing, notes. There's a lot that goes along with creating this content. And when I set out and originally started, everyone kept asking me, you know, what is your goal with this? And my main goal was just to help people. That's why I'm doing this. It's not free. Um, I pay someone, Dante32, to produce it beautifully for me, which they have done. And I have web work attached to it. There's a lot that goes into producing this content. So as you listen to your favorite podcast, if you're into what they're giving you, take time to rate it and leave a review because it goes really far and it helps us know what to craft for you and leave us questions, email us, engage, because I want to create content that is helpful. So if you have something ticking away in your head and I was like, you're like, gosh, I wish you would cover this. Message me at Corey McFadden on all social platforms. Let me know because I am crafting what I'm giving you around what I believe you need. But if I'm leaving something out, I want to make sure to include it. So engage with me in that way. So I know, and the platform knows that you're really gaining something from the show because it's not just how many listeners you have. It's also how your listeners engage. So that's my only ask from you is that if there's something you want or you're loving the show, please engage with me. It would mean a lot. And 
With that said, we are diving into episode seven. And today we're talking about something that literally makes my skin crawl. Um, as I was putting this episode together and having some PTSD flashbacks with Glassdoor um, over some pretty gnarly reviews that have been written about me throughout the years, it made me realize how important this episode is because as a business owner, when you have a toxic employee, it can fuck your world up and it eats you away in a different way because a toxic employee spreads like the plague. And you can lose portions of your staff quickly to this plague. So today, we are talking about toxic employees and how to eliminate the plague. All right. So a toxic employee can leave you feeling battered and beaten. And it's important to know that when you have a toxic employee, and you have a plague that is spreading, you got to address that immediately. And it's not always your fault. Most of the time, it's not. There's a difference between a toxic employee spreading throughout your staff and poor leadership. And it becomes really difficult to understand in that moment because you're going to feel like you're doing everything all wrong and it's your fault because a toxic employee has the ability to manipulate and make you feel that way because that's their goal. And this happens in business and workplace across the board. It, this does not just pertain to if you have your own business. You might have worked alongside of one before. You might have encountered this maybe at your favorite bakery. We've all seen it. But when you are employing it and dealing with it, it can be overwhelming and it's intoxifying. It's just, oh, it's so bad. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to tell you how you can identify if you have a toxic employee, what you need to do to deal with it, some traits to look for before even bringing that person into your work environment. And then I'm going to give you a few of my own stories. And we're just going to have one of those sessions where I just read some reviews written about me that are like, oh my goodness. Um, my dear Abby, who's my assistant, she's been with me for um, over seven years and she's just amazing. But she went through and I said, can you go into Glassdoor for me? Like I just... I don't necessarily have the stomach for it because when you're a business owner, one side note, Glassdoor is like the Yelp of employee reviews. And it's something that as a business owner, you have no control over. You can't filter the reviews. Anyone can leave them. They're anonymous. They have no way of validating if that individual is actually an employee. And they send you a weekly download like notification on Monday mornings at 6 a.m recapping any new content written and left about you. So there's no way to fuck up your week like getting some shitty reviews written about you at 6 a.m. on a Monday. So I'm also going to give you a few tactics on how to deal effectively when one of these reviews is left for you. Because it's important to know that sometimes there's truth that lies within these reviews. 
No one is perfect. No one is the best leader in the world that never has their moments. Everyone has them. And that's fine. And when you can find truth or commonality that exists and take away and learn, it has great value. But what I'm going to give you some examples of are some reviews that are just ridiculous. And there's no validity to them. And they're just like mean girl rant sessions. And they're difficult to stomach. But you don't want to give in to their lowness. You always want to stay high. And I'm going to read you and also link in the show notes um, some rebuttals that are effective and how to professionally respond even when you just want to go fucking crazy. So let's get into it, friends. <laughs> Isn't owning a business so much fun so far? Um, but you know, I've heard so much great feedback from you guys so far, and this is just the truth. And these are things that people don't always discuss, but it's important to know that when you're in the thick of it, that you're not alone because it is isolating and it is lonely and you can feel like the worst leader in the world. And that's okay. That's normal. And we're all in it together at the end of the day. We just don't talk about it. But I'm here to let you know that everyone that owns a business, especially the smaller businesses, because they're difficult infrastructure-wise, because you don't have as much support, everyone's dealing with it. So here we go. First up, we're going to talk about what to look for before even bringing someone toxic into your environment. I've had my fair share of toxic employees throughout the years, and a lot of times um, they come in waves because when they spread the plague and you don't know soon enough, before you know it, you've got like three on your hands, which you've got your ringleader and then you've got the followers, and that's pretty common, and that's what really leaves you feeling like, oh my God, what have I done wrong? And while yes, it's possible that you have done something wrong, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have. So toxic workers generally lack an awareness of their impact on others. Now they want to influence them, but they don't realize how much they are. And when you work in a small environment, it's even more sensitive because you know, someone's got a heavy energy and they come in huffing and puffing and maybe it's already raining out. You immediately feel that. And then maybe it sparks something in you and suddenly your day takes a turn. And before you know it, you've got a pissed off staff for the day. It spreads through the air like a bad sneeze. So while someone might be intentionally toxic, and we'll talk about that, there's also an unawareness of being toxic. And that's just carrying a negative, heavy energy with you everywhere. So those people sometimes are easy to spot. Let's say you're in an interview and, you know, it is a rainy day and you ask someone like, oh, how are you today? And someone's like, oh, I'm great. You know, I'm excited to be here and for this opportunity and that's cool. And then you've got your next interview and you're like, how are you today? And you're like, oh, it's just the worst. Like I miss the bus and it's raining and, but like, I'm so, I'm so happy to be here. You can feel that right there. That's how they're in an environment where they're interviewing and they can't even pull it together. How do you think they're going to be once they're employed? So 
you can kind of look for those easy red flags. And those are important to always pay attention to. Don't make excuses for people in the hiring process because what you're seeing is at a gleaming best. And if you expect like a turd to get shined after the fact, that's not happening. So don't hire a turd. But then there's a lot of things that like you just can't see because maybe they interview really well and they've got all these accomplishments and ambition. But a lot of companies have um, steered away from a no reference policy, which, you know, if you've got laws, there are state laws that don't allow you to, of course, you always need to abide. And I'm not an attorney. But if you're doing it just out of maybe like an overwhelming uh, uh, workload or just laziness and not checking references, this is the point that you really should. I read a study that was so interesting, and it said that 45% of toxic employees, and this was a study that was done, um, it was like 800 professionals. I will also link it in the show notes. I'm not going to give you all the logistics there, but um, it was it's a legit study. And what they found was that 45% of the toxic employees lied about their job skills on their resume. So this can be simple things like saying that they have a Photoshop skill set and maybe they just signed up for a Photoshop account. So if these are skill sets that are extremely important, one, you should always question the level of their ability in the interview so you understand what do you mean you're proficient in Photoshop? but also checking to make sure that their job skills are legit. Because if you're looking at 45% of toxic employees lied, that is almost half. Then the next one is another big one, which is 29% is they lied about why they left their previous job. So when you're doing reference checks, um, you know, each state has um, their laws and the specifics that you can ask. But a great question to ask is, would they be eligible for rehire with your company? You don't even need to ask why they left, but by asking if they'd be eligible for rehire, let me tell you, if someone left on negative terms and the company would never consider rehiring them, they are quick to say no. And you should take that no as a red flag. Now, if you can ask them to expand on that answer, Um, and you're able to ask that legally, then do so. Because this is the time when you're checking these references to make sure that you're hiring the person that is on the piece of paper that they're presenting themselves as. Because everyone likes to, you know, inflate a little bit here and there. But when you're looking at these heavy stats, like 33% exaggerated their accomplishments, well, this is a great way to weed out who are toxic employees. Because the worst thing to do is to bring someone in who has not only lied on their skill set, but is also toxic because they will spread so quickly through your workplace that individuals who might be stellar could catch what they bring in. And you don't want that. You know, 35% of them consider dishonesty justifiable if they haven't had a raise in quite some time. So, You're talking things like theft or maybe taking clients outside of hours, things that have true impact on your company and the infrastructure. And if you are a company that maybe doesn't do raises on a frequent or you bring them in on a higher package or whatever, you know, it's always important to be 
upfront about whatever you can give, the more information, especially so someone can make an educated decision if that is for them. But they feel entitled, which is a big, big one here. And I encountered so much love and loyalty through my employees throughout the years that my core staff, you know, when I closed, they had all been with me for five years or more, um, which says a lot. Some of them for 11 years, 12 years. I had some old school ride or die that, you know, I would do anything for them and they got it and I got it and we had that bond, but it's earned through time. Um, rolling into a new job with entitlement is the worst thing that one can do and the worst thing that you can bring on because you don't owe them anything. It's a mutual decision of employment. So feeling as though they can, you know, maybe double dip, you don't want that. So really checking those references to make sure that you're not hiring them. And of course, you cannot always see all the red flags, but it's important to know that when you identify that someone's toxic, that you get rid of them because the problem is going to compound and spread 100% of the time. It's never just going to go away. And it can be hard because a lot of times um, these toxic employees, they are highly functioning and outputting a lot of work, but the quality of the work typically doesn't always match up. So when you see someone doing a lot, but not doing it well, that's also a sign. It can also become difficult because let's say this person that's toxic is on your management team and you're so busy and you don't have time to hire someone else. And who's going to do the schedule and payroll? If you get rid of them, you know, you'll find yourself making excuses for them. It's important to know by making those excuses for their behavior you are hurting yourself and your staff because you're allowing it. So when you know it, it becomes your immediate responsibility to deal with it. So I have a very personal story um, that kind of goes parallel um, with that sentiment. And if you um, know a little bit about me, um, I pioneered the luxury consignment industry back in 2004 And I was lucky enough to have a reality show on VH1 um, several years ago called House of Consignment. And it was a 10-episode series just about me and my business and luxury consignment. We went into clients' homes. We cleaned. We showed um, office activity. It's really great. And actually, it's available on Amazon Prime and iTunes. Um, I just discovered recently. I actually haven't watched it since it came out. So I put it on my to-do list. Um, But in that series and while producing it, I had who I consider to be my right hand, and you'll see her on the show. And I thought she was loyal to me, and I was loyal to her. Little did I know um, when we started filming the reality series that she had created her own agenda. And when you sit down and you create a reality show, you know, I was really proud of what we did because it was 100% authentic. Were the closets um, scheduled and somewhat scripted? Yes. You know, what home we visited, where'd we go, who I'd bring with. But the actual content of the show is real. And that's something that I was like really big on going into the process because I was proud of the what I had created, the industry I had pioneered, and I didn't want it to be perceived or anything different than what it was. So 
you sit down at the beginning of the season with this huge team and it's it's a big fucking deal, you guys. It's a lot of money spent. It's, you know, 20 people with you at all times, security. It's like a lot. And you sit down and you create these story arcs. And these are going to be what you're going to cover in the season. So, you know, maybe you're going to um, make a trip to Beverly Hills to clean, which we did an episode with Jilda, Beverly Hills. It's a good one. Um, maybe you're going to have, you know, three events that occur at the store. Um, these kind of, you know, pivotal landmarks that you're going to hit to make sure that you're creating a series that is well-rounded, that everything gets, you know, tied up in a pretty bow at the end of the series that, you know, there's not weird things that pop up and never come up again. It's not like Insta story. It's like everything needs to be together. So you sit down, you create these story arcs, and then whatever happens in between is what you get. So um, little did I know is, you know, who I consider to be my GM at the time and my right hand, she thought that she would create drama like it was a sport. And she went in with her own agenda and kind of made herself the villain. And she was doing things that on camera um, that were so condescending to me and rude and terrible. And I didn't know. And it was literally killing my staff. So I had individuals that worked for me like Aaron and Bridget and Jenna and they were Christy and all these girls who were so great. And they were drinking this poison juice of Nicole all day in and out through what is already a very intense process of filming. Filming is intense. You know, it's every day, all day. They're on you. They're with you. It's a lot of extra bodies and you're already at a heightened level. And she's over there just planting seeds, talking shit left and right. And I don't know this. I have no idea. So my staff is just dying behind the scenes and I'm busy as shit. I am just every day, like 20 hour days between filming and trying to get my actual work done and so overwhelming. And I thought that everyone around me was loyal and little did I know. And I started picking up tidbits here and there. And I'll never forget, we were filming the charity warehouse scene and I picked up um, one of the PA's um, headphones just to kind of like look and see what they see, not expecting to really see anything because we were just setting up. And in that moment, Nicole was talking mad shit on me, like mad about the setup of a table to two other employees. And I was like, what? And it just kind of created this pit in my stomach that in that moment, I knew that she maybe wasn't who I thought she was. So as the season progressed um, and as work progressed, I started to get more and more red flags around me. But I was scared. I was like, how am I going to get rid of her like in the middle of the season? And she's my GM and who's going to run the store? And like, you know what? We'll just get to the end of the season. It'll be fine. And then, oh God, it makes me sick to even say this. So then it was um, the day before we were wrapping filming. We had been filming for 16 weeks. She had done some damage during that time. And I had um, two of my girls who... I would do anything for um, to this day, come to me and they're like, we just need to talk. And so I was like, all right. So that next morning I met them at 6 a.m. Um, in the Gold Coast and uh, outside. And it was like we were meeting in secret. Like when stuff like this is going on, you feel like everyone's following you, even though I had no audio hooked up to me and no one's following me. And they just kind of downloaded. And it was just like, they told me everything and what she had been doing and saying and 
you know, and they couldn't take it anymore and they couldn't be on staff with that. And it was just like, everyone felt that way. And it was how I had been feeling, but I didn't realize, I thought she was just more after me, which she was, she was after ruining my staff in a sense, or making herself a villain on the show. I don't, I think she kind of got caught in the moment. I'm not saying she's a bad person. I'm just saying our working relationship was toxic. And they told me everything. And I was doing my last interview that day. One thing is really cool. They replicated my office in another retail space they leased. So when I record my outtakes in the, my office, it was actually a faux office because it had to be 100% silent when we record that audio. So it'd have to be not in my office because my office was never 100% silent. So um, I knew I was going to terminate her that day. And I had enough that she needed to be terminated. I called my producer and I said, I'm on my way in. I'm terminating her. You get one take at it because it was not in the story arc. If you want it, take it. If not, whatever. So I was just like on fire and trying to, you know, get myself together. And you never, ever want to terminate someone when you're hot. But I knew that she had to be terminated then, or I literally was going to have a staff walkout, as well as it needed to be on the show because she had already done so much damage during filming and they couldn't use most of it because it didn't tie into the plot. But I went in and the audio guy was like standing in my parking spot waiting for me, like eagerly and like mic'd me up and I terminated her and she was just looking at me. And then at the end, she looked at me and she said like, is this for real? And she thought it was for the cameras. And I was like, a hundred percent, this is real. And she got it and she knew and she knew the stick was up and, uh, then that was it. And that was the last episode was her leaving in the taxi and tears, uh, no longer part of the team. And she had really done a lot of damage and, you know, those things happen. And for me, it just happened to be caught on national television. Um, but you know, it hurts when it happens because you feel like, what did I do wrong? And yes, there are things that maybe you did, but no one deserves to be treated in a way that, you know, a thing to look out for too is that, you know, they're supportive of you and your team in public and then they tear you down in private. Like that's not cool and spread your bad attitude like wildfire. And like I said, they create drama like sport. Like these things all happen rapid and fast. And a lot of times they feel that way, but they've been a slow burn because by the time it gets to you, your shit's on fire. So when it gets to you, you have to be a leader and you have to take control because a lot of times they'll get people um, who maybe are, you know, they don't care to be there. They, they'll get those people to join their team so they validates, you know, the way they feel. But then the other people who are team players and want to be there, they get stuck in this like corner of like, you know, I have to be around them to survive during the workday, but I like my job and like, this is impacting me negatively because I have to listen to them all day. Like it impacts everyone. So as soon as you know, you have to terminate them. And when you do a termination, it's always important to have a second person in the room just so nothing can ever be misconstrued in any way. There is a witness and it's just for you. As well as after the termination, take notes and document everything, add it to their file and then close it away. And be prepared that it might come your way that maybe a few other people leave or 
they leave you some pretty scathing reviews online. And I think those things really hurt because they're in writing. But it's important to know that when people read these reviews, you can tell what has validity and what does not. It's like reading a food review, you know? You're like, oh, that person crazy. Or, oh, okay, like that's gross. I'm not going there. Just because it's in writing doesn't mean it's real. You know, I have some that I'm not going to read them all because we're winding down here on this episode, but I am going to link them for you in the notes so you can read them. But um, I had one in here. Oh my goodness. Let's see here. There's a lot. <laughs> not a lot. What happened to me was I had someone on my team who was insanely toxic, got to the point where I didn't even want to want to walk into her area. You know, I was in my own business and she had me put to a point where I was like feeling bullied. Um, and did not want to be around her. And here's a review, not by her, but the title is, I worked for eBay. Looks nice on my resume. Well, right there, I can tell this person didn't know what the fuck was going on because you never worked for eBay. You worked for eDropoff. We just sold on eBay. So you didn't even know where you were employed at. So I don't really know that there's much truth here, but yeah. Uh, so being forced to sit in a small, cramped, dirty office, listen to catty women talk trash about other employees, the owner is Corey is a ringleader who gets management involved in her paranoia and hatred towards anyone who doesn't own a designer handbag. Like, my brother worked for me. Like, what are you talking about? I don't even know what bags anyone carried, nor do I ever care. But, you know, neither here nor there. Um, gets into um, even having her senior manager who worked for her for over six years doesn't get paid time off to have a family. No job security. People fired for no reason. The day normally starts with Corey walking in and locking herself in her office. She'll come out to speak to who she only likes and ignore everyone else. Yeah, I had to lock myself in my office many mornings because I was uh, on conference calls and working. And I mean, it goes on and on. I'm not even going to like waste your ears with some of this, but this review I love um, because my senior manager who had a family and didn't get paid, she actually wrote the rebuttal to this particular one because it upset her so badly because she was so committed to my team for over seven years. And she had just come off a 12-week paid maternity leave, 12 weeks paid. I was a small business and paid her maternity leave for 12 weeks. So she took personal offense to this because it's not true. And I'll read you a couple well-polished paragraphs of what she wrote. Um, Dear reviewer, I value constructive feedback from current and past employees who wish to share their own employment experiences and suggest ways to make you drop off the best possible place to work. What's not valuable is name-calling, disrespecting those who have enjoyed their time here by insinuating their reviews are fabricated and speaking on behalf of others without consulting them, which is what you have done with me personally in your most recent post. Yes, I am the most senior manager quote-unquote, at e-drop-off. I have been happily employed here for six years, during which time I've had two children. In fact, I very recently returned to work following a fully paid 12-week maternity leave. I, along with eight other managers on staff, qualify for full benefits and paid time off because this is our employment status of management, not for any other reason. Every member of our management team has advanced to this level from an entry-level position, myself included. Additionally, no one in this office has ever earned $10 an hour. And it goes on. But you can tell the difference from the way that the reviewer wrote it to the way that she responded. She could have been hot. And if you meet them in a hot place, 
it makes you lose your validity. And this person didn't know what they were talking about. It's all speculation. And that's a lot of times what happens is a level of paranoia. And don't let that go into your workplace. And don't let it hurt your work morale as well. Stay strong, stay a leader, and stay the course. Because it happens, it's all part of the game, but don't let it knock you down. So, with that said, make sure you refer to my blog, glitterandbubbles.com. I'll be doing a full blog post on toxic employees, linking to plenty of gnarly reviews that you can read about me. Though, you know, hey, if you're in a low place, read them. They'll make you feel a little better. We can share the misery together. I mean, it's past for me. I don't give a shit, but might as well take in, you know, what you can. If it makes you feel better, I'm happy to share it, as well as some other tips on what to do. And of course, if you ever have any questions, reach out to me. I'm here as your resource, and I'm happy to help. You can find me on social at Corey McFadden. Um, make sure to subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on iHeartRadio, and thank you so much to my friends at Dante32 for making me sound beautiful. Until next time, stay strong. I know you hate to see me coming, but love to see me leave. I know why you never walk in front of me. You trying to check me out, check me out, check me out.